All right, so good morning, everybody. A couple of housekeeping items, a couple of thoughts for the day, and uh, and then a great conversation uh, to follow with uh, one Monica Chrysler, who you definitely want to hear this conversation. I know it's going to be great. So a couple things. Number one, yeah, number actually a new number one. Number one, yes, I'm wearing the same shirt I wore yesterday, but I only wore it for like 25 minutes because... I, you know, blew up yesterday so badly, uh, which, you know, extends to my, my real number one on my list. Again, apologies if you tuned in yesterday and, and huge apologies to Stéphane Briere, my uh, original guest who, uh, Briere, pardon me. See, I'm, I'm getting the name wrong. I punted him off the uh, call accidentally and couldn't get him back on. But next Tuesday, uh, Stéphane will be back and we will go from there. So what can I say? It, it, it wasn't uh, my best day. So in other news, I see we've got access to a 1.84% five-year fixed uh, this morning. That hit my inbox. That's that's just crazy. Like, that is pretty amazing. I think it was in March when the bond rates hit, like, 0.61. I think it was March 6th when that happened. And I'm like, huh, I wonder how long until we get a 199. Like, you knew we were going to get 199, but to see it dropping even lower now at this point is, is incredible. Uh, so another housekeeping tip. Uh, tidbit, pardon me, guests. So I'm, I'm always interested in, you know, your suggestions for guests. And yes, volume matters and, and absolutely having, you know, top producers and people that are doing incredible things like Monica uh, are great. But, you know, the other thing that matters is real life. And most of us are dealing with an excessive volume of real life, uh, more so than an excessive volume of mortgage business. And I think that working through those conversations and, and, and chatting with those people is really important as well. And um, one specific broker profile uh, that is for sure dealing with excess volume of stuff would be parents, especially single parents. And um, I know it's supposed to be a world of equality and everything is 50-50, but I don't think we're quite all the way there. And so I'm, I'm, I'm going to give the win uh, for the most uh, stress to moms. I think moms, especially single moms, have it a little bit tougher than, than dads, even single dads. Uh, and, you know, maybe that splits 51-49, but I don't think it's quite 50-50 as far as the stress level goes. And, um, yeah, like I say, there's, there's definitely some stresses and struggles out there with children having been home for as long as they've been home, you know, depending on the ages of the, of the kids. And, you know, once before, uh, when I was, uh, we had a panel going with uh, three uh, ladies on it, I made the comment that, you know, every child that you've got at home right now represents 25 million in volume. And what I was trying to convey there, and I hope I conveyed it correctly, and I hope I convey it correctly now, is the time and the energy and the attention that a child takes up is probably the equivalent to what it takes to process 25 million bucks worth of mortgage volume. So if you are a parent, especially a single parent, whatever your number is for annual production, I'm gonna say you should add 25 million to that number for every child in your household. And you know, depending on some of you, uh, okay, the, the husband might count as a child as well. And that's probably closer to the true capacity of the business. Like, you're awesome. Maybe you're only closing 5 million, 10 million, 15 million. But if you've got a couple of kids sitting there that you're in charge of now homeschooling and everything else, I'm telling you that 5, 10 or 15, that's 55, 60 or 65 million. All right. I mean, give yourself a little bit of credit and give yourself a little bit of a break. And, uh, you know, one day 
they will grow up and go out into the world and fend for themselves. So one day that 55, 60, 65 million will actually happen in real mortgage math. <laughs> and another group that I, I would love to have a conversation with as well. And if, if there's a great example of somebody, you know, that fits this category, email me, send me some details, part-timers. So I think it's kind of taken interestingly, interestingly enough, it's taken a little bit of a combination in my brain of the pandemic the Black Lives Matter movement and everything flowing around that, and my deciding to sit down and rewrite the first three books just to update them. I wanted to clean them up and put fresh prints uh, into production sometime next year. It takes a bit of work to, to rewrite those. But it took all of that to kind of realize just how out of touch I was in some areas. And one of them I would say is part-timers because I had this real hardline stance, like you gotta be all in, all in, all the time. and. Uh, the reality is that stance came from my own personal experience, which is like totally anecdotal. It's a one-off and I was in a really unique position and mindset to be able to enter the business with zero backup plan, no alternate income in the household and few others will ever have the combination of lucky <laughs> happenings that I had, uh, which is probably a good thing because they weren't all exactly that lucky feeling at the time. So yeah, more apologies today, mainly for being, too damn Dustin, just, you know, too over the top a lot of the time with the full-time, full-time. I think part-time is really the way of the future. I think that it's the way people are going to get into this business. They're going to, and when I say part-time, I don't mean doing the entire transaction from start to finish part-time. I mean, part of the transaction is the thing that that person's going to focus on. So maybe it's networking, building clients and intaking applications, but then handing the rest of the file off to another component in their brokerage and their team that runs it across the finish line because hey they're working and they're not always available to answer the underwriter's call or the client's call so they they take a part of the process and work their way in and uh, as i say i think there's going to be some interesting conversations to have around there two more points and then we'll get to the heart of the heart of the, the session here today um I got to say, I don't like to be Mr. Current Affairs. I try and stay away from that, but, um, but I think I have a really useful to share with you. So what happened in Beirut um, affected me more deeply than I really am going to get into. It's kind of hard to explain, um, but I think I know why. And it's because I heard a tidbit about what had happened. I typed in hashtag Beirut into the search and Instagram and video feed after video feed after video feed just started scrolling through. And so I watched what happened there probably 12 times before I like went, what am I doing and, and, and close that. Um, don't make the mistake of watching that explosion over and over and over. I do remember from a book I read about the way the human brain works that we're not really just registering a single explosion when we see something like that, we're actually our way our brains process it, especially younger minds, they process that. If you watch that 10 times, it's like 10 different instances of that thing happening, which obviously increases the trauma that we feel like we're experiencing. And it's why we still jump out of our seats the 10th time we watch the same horror film, knowing the same thing's gonna happen. There's a part of our brain that just doesn't get it. It's like it's a first time thing over and over. So how do you fix the damage to the psyche? Well, 
okay, I used to have a, a presentation where I told a couple of dark stories and then I had like 54 slides of kittens to bring everybody back and warm them back up. So no joke, I'm going to say like, if you're feeling a little down, you're feeling a little distressed about anything in life, this is my hack for the day, my happiness hack. Go to Instagram, go to search, type in hashtag kittens or hashtag puppies, whichever one is your jam. If neither of those is your jam, who are you? And just scroll and enjoy because it's it's a safe feed. Puppies and kittens, very safe. And if you type in hashtag boobs, because I know one of you is just thinking that, what you will see is a combination of dudes doing dumb things and a lot of posts about mammograms and breast cancer. And while we know some moron out there would say all cancers matter, yeah, you know, some cancers matter more than others. So there's another little note of the day for you. Why not take five minutes and make a donation of 25 bucks to the specific cancer that matters to you? I myself have weak genetics, so I think this little exercise is going to cost me about 175 bucks. Last thing, back to mortgages. Yesterday, we saw a couple of lenders bring their posted rates down. What does that mean for mortgage penalties? That means mortgage penalties are going to go up. And not a lot of people understand why. I'm going to try and do a standalone video when I'm not in like a whole stream of consciousness thing. But in a nutshell, you're not getting... 2.09 from the bank. If the posted rate was 5.14 and you were given a mortgage, let me make the math easier, and you were given a, your, your client a 2.14, the client didn't get a 2.14. What the client got was a 5.14 with a 3% discount. So they got a mortgage with a 3% discount from posted. So in the calculation of an interest rate differential, two and a half, three years later, which is when most of them are triggered, roughly six in 10 Canadians will trigger this penalty at about three years in, you're looking at the two-year posted. And the two-year posted could be, well, ironically, like goofily, it could be, say, 2.99. And so the way the interest rate differential is calculated, they say, well, we have to take this 3% this discount we gave you and apply that to the two-year rate remaining. So actually, that would be negative 0.1 for real, they're saying, so what they're saying is we're going to have to lend this money back out to somebody else at negative 0.01. So you've got to pay the difference to make our investor whole. Well, of course, the difference, we'll do the math on that, right? If it was a $100,000 mortgage with two years left and it's a 3% difference, there's a $6,000 penalty, 6% of the balance, 3% per year times two years. So IRD penalties are going to keep skyrocketing because the discounts from posted were typically two and a half percent plus. And as you watch the two-year and the three-year posted rates trickle down to two and a half percent, that IRD is being calculated on close to a zero percent rate versus whatever the existing rate is. Pardon me, I did the math wrong earlier, two percent. So let's say 2.14 percent on 100,000 over two years remaining, $2,000 a year, so $4,000, so 4%, which as you've heard me say before, 4.5% is pretty consistently what you see. You can see why I need to go back and record a little clip on this. And I'll do that and I'll post it in the usual showcase with all these other Vimeos. But understanding how IRDs are calculated, that is the cornerstone of quality brokering. Like you need to be able to explain how an IRD penalty works and don't ever use IRD with a client. Interest rate differential, no acronyms. All right, so that's enough of my rambling. 